All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second ever episode of Beers in the Garage. I'm joined today with my wonderful co-host. Co-host, me. Yeah, Wyatt Staker. What's going on, buddy? Just hanging out. Yeah. In the basement again. Yep. We're in our lovely podcast studio in my parents' garage. I mean, basement. (laughs) We're not in the garage. (laughs) Um... Yeah, we hopefully have our shit together this time, and the audio comes out a lot better than the first episode. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that sorry to anyone that yeah. will listen to the first. If you one. listen to the first one, um, we are so sorry. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it's a work in progress. Trial by fire. We're also gonna name that episode "Humble Beginnings," but we forgot that too. Yeah, so this will be episode two. What's gonna be the name for this one? Episode two. Oh, all right. Keeping it. I figure we just do episode. Yeah. Name, episode by episode. Yeah, I mean that works. Or we could throw it up or uh, uh, toss it up. You know, mix it <laughs> yeah. up. Mix it up. Mi- toss mix it up. Mix up a little. Mix mix it up a little. Yeah, I mean. Pack a little heat. Mix and mix bring, it up. Bring bring a little heat. Pack a little heat. Yeah. So hopefully this f- podcast episode number two will be fire. Speaking of heat, um. Probably not. We don't really have any topics. We're just going to go. Just do our thing. So, (laughs) what do we do today? Oh, man. Today was probably the most productive day of my entire life. Um, I picked you up at what, like 11 o'clock? Yep. 10.30, And then... We drove down to Rexburg, talked to the bank about getting me a loan for a Duramax, left the bank at about 6 o'clock, and guess who still doesn't have a check for a Duramax? You. Yep. So, Beehive Credit Union, shout out to you for being slow as shit. Michelle, you did your best. Yeah. She was... She was pulling strings, making making shit happen. <laughs> yeah. Multiple phone calls with that lovely lady, and uh, she just couldn't. She's gonna get done with the done for us, but uh, not for lack of trying. No, she's a good good lady, she, good lady. She, I've known her a long time. <laughs> I love her. Known her for a whole six hours, and she's a good good girl. <laughs> good lady. Good lady. Yeah, good good lady. <laughs> um. Yeah. Shout out Michelle. You really pulled through. So, we talked to the bank for about six hours, seven hours. I'm not good at math, but it was a hell of a day. I did get approved, so big ups on Michelle for getting me approved. So, Monday, going to have a new truck, baby. How do you feel about it? Dude, I'm feeling... When I bought mine, I I was excited, but I wish I didn't have it. Because I don't want to drive it. Because <laughs> it's got low miles, and I don't want to put any on it. Um, So for those of you that don't know, Wyatt bought a 2007 GMC Duramax 2500. Yes. Um, it's pretty freaking clean. I'm pretty jelly. Yes. And hung out with him since he got it. I was looking at 1500s, and then... I decided I needed to join the club, get a Duramax. 
So I also decided to copy him and buy a 2007. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty froggy fresh. I've never had newest vehicle I had was a 2013 Dodge Dart, and I drove that thing like I was into in the, the ground. 24 hours of Le Mans every day. <laughs> Le Mans. Le Mans. <laughs> um, I treated it like I was Ken Block going mock Jesus everywhere. <laughs> Friend um, was a little loose by the end there. Yeah, steering was a little loose. Alignment was off. The tires were blown. Me and Wyatt blew a tire. One. Did the rim end up being shot on that? I don't know. I got blew it. that same tire like three times, right? Well, me and you blew it in Rexburg, and then I got it. We fixed. blew it up by the um, transfer station oh, yeah. up at Arnold's. Yeah. Um, and then we blew it in Rexburg. In Rexburg. And then I think you blew it another time, right? No. So I after I sold it, Bridger blew it like a week. Well, he didn't blow it. He said he hit a pothole really hard and put like a bubble on the sidewall. Yeah. So the rim's probably toast. Yeah. Um, For those of you who are listening that live in Teton Valley, you know the county doesn't give two shits about our roads. All right. Not to interrupt you, but I'm looking at the screen here and our bubbles don't look the same size. Well, let me turn this up a little bit. Now try. Try that? Yeah. That oh, yeah, seems that's too much. What about that? Test, test, one, two, one, test, test, test. I mean, say something. Me? Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm going. We're testing on the fly, folks. Sorry about <laughs> this, but uh, you want a good podcast? This is how the sausage is made. That looks know. better. Yeah, it looks good. looks good. You know, trial by fire. Um we're going to get this shit dialed hopefully sooner than later. But yes. Yeah. As I was saying, the county um, does not give two shits about our roads. And the speed limit on the road going to my house is 45, but I take that. It should be 15. <laughs> yeah. I take that road doing about 70 every day. Um, so, yeah. I bet How you fast are you going to go if you get a Duramax? When you get a Duramax? Oh, dude. Like probably 40 <laughs> probably like 25 <laughs> the amount of times i've almost rolled my truck on the way to work because i just hit those washboards and it just pitches me sideways it's seriously like every morning yeah <coughs> it's rough <laughs> it is rough um yeah they need to redo that whole road yeah but yeah I don't know. If anybody works for the county and you want to come fix the road that goes from Hatcher's Corner to Badger Creek, you're more than welcome to come fix it. I will help you. I will. I will help them. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what else do we do? Stopped Um, in at RMS, those lovely folks. Yeah, checked out the ladies at RMS. Yeah, the all they always got some... Uh, <laughs> all two of them that work there. <laughs> Shout out to the I don't the know ladies. if that's like the trendy thing to do in Rexburg for the hot girls, but they always got a few. It's always the girls that are super hot and think they know everything, but then they post like a picture of them on their TTR125 on Instagram. And like, I love the moto life. No, bitch. Yeah. Shut up. You, you probably don't know you it. You don't probably don't love anything. it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. No offense, but know your shit, <laughs> ladies. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. What should we talk about, man? Like, table's open for anything. Um, why do you insist on showing me TikToks I've <laughs> yeah. already seen? Because you don't say anything about them. <laughs> well, I watch them. You send them to me and I'd, I watch them, but I don't reply to every one of them. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to fill a void okay. in my heart. That's what <laughs> I needed to know. <laughs> I feel like we're on the same page there. I just don't try to fill it with TikTok. <laughs> it's mainly spending all my money on stupid things. And uh, that's pretty much it. I don't have any money left. <laughs> yeah. Um, me and you have a terrible online shopping problem. I was literally talking to my brother about this the other day. I, it's genetic 100%. <laughs> I have a really good skill for wasting money. Yeah, same. Like that dirt bike suspension I bought for $2,000 <laughs> that I never rode and then I sold my bike. $2,000. Never rode it. Sold the bike. 2000 Out of my account. $2,000. Part of, partly your fault, but... Oh, okay. I'm never going to let that go. Well, you should, because I don't fucking care. <laughs> well, you should <laughs> care. Because I cleared it with you. <laughs> Am I going to be invited to ride if I get the suspension? Guess what? Never invited. I said, yeah, come See, ride. that bubble's too big. You might need to turn me down again. I feel like we're blowing people's eardrums out. Yeah, they can turn the volume down. No. <laughs> we need a. Uh, we need this be cool, crisp, collected podcast. We we got some editing we can do it then. Um, you want to do that? Yeah, I watched some YouTube videos. Oh, okay. Let's talk about YouTube. How you can literally type in anything you want to do or learn, and there's probably ninety nine percent of the time there's a video out there that tells you how to do that. You want to build a you want to build a house? YouTube. You want to build a business? YouTube. You want to learn how to make the Millennium Falcon out of Legos? YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to learn how to make napalm? YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you can do anything. It's like a college degree that's free. <laughs> no, it really is. Yep. Like just thinking about what our grandparents would have had to like go through. Where it's like, oh, I want to learn how to play guitar. You have to pay someone, go to their house, buy or like borrow a guitar, learn how to do everything. And then but everything was also less complicated for them. Like a business. Maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but the amount you have to deal with with owning a business today where you got to have insurance and I mean, I don't own a business, so I don't know what goes into it, but all the different things you got to deal with owning a business. I feel like back in the day, that was a lot more simple. So they had, they had less resources, but they also had to deal with less. Yeah. And like, that's the thing too. If you like owned a business, then someone's like, Oh, I got hurt on the job. And they're like, all right, well you better be back to work on Monday. They're just like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come back to work or you don't have a job, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, 
you get hurt, oh, go to the hospital. Company's going to pay for it and take a couple of days off. PTO. Oh, you passed out on the job site working on the <laughs> yeah, airport? Yeah. <laughs> you know all about that one. I do. Um, workman's comp. Shout out to them. Didn't get no money from them, but. You could have. I still might try. Um, no, don't do that. No, I was talking to my boss about it on Thursday, actually. I was like, yo, what if I want to sue the airport? And he was like, I don't know, do you? And I was like, I don't know, do you think I can get money? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I don't know, do I? <laughs> and I was like, is it going to ruin relations with the company? He's like, I don't care. He's like, fuck the airport, dude. <laughs> He's like, I hate doing jobs over there. <laughs> like, all right, same. My face still hurts, bro. <laughs> still can't feel my nose. Dude, I literally, okay, so for those of you that don't know, I do HVAC. Um, this past winter, I was working in the airport up here in Driggs, installing a furnace and a hangar. Me and my other coworker were in a man lift, and I looked over, and he was, like, shaking like he's having, like, a seizure. Seizure. Sorry. People, I have a speech impediment. <laughs> I got to be honest. I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> but I looked over, and he was, like, shaking like crazy. I was like, yo, are you okay? And he told me he had a fear of heights, but we were maybe, like... 40 feet up in the air like nothing crazy and he's like no dude i want to get back down and he doesn't know how to run the man lift so i was like all right and i yelled down to our foreman i was like yo i'm gonna bring us back down he's like oh okay and i was bringing us down and i guess i just passed out and i smacked my face against the control panel laying in the bottom of the man lift and i guess my foreman looked down because there's a porsche parked right next to the man lift and my coworkers with me stepped on a box of nuts and they started like raining from the man lift. And so he's yelling at me. He's like, yo, what the hell are you dropping these nuts for? You're going to knock the windshield out on this freaking Porsche. And he looks up and I'm laying in the bottom of the man lift. He's like, oh shit, did Creed pass out? Us, the first time I've ever passed out in my entire life. And so. Have you been knocked out? No. Like. Okay. First time anything like that's ever happened to me. Like, I've, like, stood up too fast, and then you're, like, get dizzy. You're, like, oh, shit. Like, you know, got a little lightheaded. But I, like, felt just fine, and I just <laughs> smacked the control panel. And I remember waking up and looking, like, thinking, like, holy shit, I just passed out. And we're, at that point, maybe, like, 20 feet up in the air. And I remember looking down, and I could hear everybody yelling, like, freaking out. And in the back of my mind, I was, like, oh, shit, I got to get us down. So I stood up as soon as I grabbed the handle to lower us again. I passed out again, but my coworker that was with me caught me and he laid me down in the man lift and he's like, yo, are you okay? And I was like, ah, I just, I just want to take a nap, bro. I'm so tired. <laughs> like everything was just drained out of my body. I just like literally laid down and curled up in a ball and like tried to take a nap. So they had to run out to the truck, get an extension ladder. The one guy came up, got in the man lift with us, lowered us down. And so I was like, yeah, I don't feel good. I was walking around outside trying to get some fresh air. And I just opened, like, the, like, what do you call them? Like, bed cover Doors. for the truck. Oh, okay. And then I just laid down because we have, like, a service box. I just laid down, like, in the service box, just, like, breathing in, like, super deep breaths, just trying to get in, like, all the fresh oxygen I could. And so then my foreman's like, yeah, we're not going back in there. We're going to go home. I was like, all right, cool. And I got in the truck and like right when he put it in drive, I was like, hold on, don't leave yet. And I just opened the door, made it to like the front of the truck and just started yakking. 
<laughs> and he's like, I can hear him in the truck. He's like, oh, gross. Like, <laughs> and so after that, I was like, oh, shit. Went in the freaking Portage on, cleaned my mouth up, you know, mustache, beard. Got back in the truck, drove home, took a shower. And then my boss was like, yo, you need to go to the hospital. I was like, no, man, I'm good. I'm just going to take a nap. Like, I'm fine. He's like, no, like, it's not a request. You need to go to the hospital. I'm like, oh, whatever, dude. Fine, I'll go. So I went, and then the hospital hooked me up to, like, their CO monitor. Yeah. <laughs> and the doctor was like, holy shit. And I was like, what? He's like, you got some high levels of carbon monoxide. <laughs> and I was like, what's bad? And he's like, anything over 5 to 8% is, like, really bad for you. And I was like, oh, yeah, what am I at? And he's like, you're at 27%. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, oh, shit. So I got to sit in the hospital and breathe in oxygen for three and a half hours. Then they my level got down to like 8%. And he came in, checked the monitor again. And he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 8% good enough for government work. Slaps me on the back, tells me to get out of the hospital. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. And then I went back to work on Monday because that happened on a Friday. It was right before Christmas break. Went back to work on Monday. The other kid that was up there with me, he didn't go back to work for like two weeks. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Who's that? I don't, I don't want to say names. Mouth it to me. Kid you went to school with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I figured. <laughs> yeah. And so... <laughs> the shitty thing was we had to go back on Monday and finish the freaking job. And so the framers that were building, they're building like a bathroom in the hangar. They were there. And we had this furnace that hangs from the ceiling. And it was probably like, I don't know, I'd say like 200 pounds. And the weight limit on that man lift was only like, I think maybe like 500 pounds. <laughs> and so I had to go up there by myself because my foreman's like freaking 250. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just go up there by myself. And so I had a piece of all thread hanging from the ceiling on my hangers. Ha to, I had to raise the furnace up and it was just sitting on like the man lift, like the basket, like just on the rails. And so I was like, damn it, this thing like slips, it's going down. And so they had a Porsche parked right next to the, man lift and then like a $75,000 like remodeled airstream like right on the other side of the man lift and I pulled right in between them I was like oh well shit if this goes down I'm either fucking up a Porsche or an airstream so I was like whatever don't really care I'm not gonna have to pay for it <laughs> at least I hope I wouldn't have to pay for it and the framers were down there like giving me shit the entire time he's like oh you need to go to your left need to go to your right and I was so stressed out up there and so I got my piece of all thread in my hanger and I put my nuts and my washers on. <laughs> and I was so stressed when I went to go down, I raised the lift and just, just crunched that furnace between the lift and the ceiling <laughs> and then lifted the all thread off my hangers. And I was like, holy shit. Like if this moves like a half an inch either side, it's going to fall down. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I just need to go down super freaking slow. And just lowered it so slow and it set back on the hangers and I just brought the lift all the way down. All right, Ricky, we're getting the hell out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> that was like the most stressful day I've ever had of work in my entire life. 
Yeah, you could have got some money out of that. <sighs> yeah. Depending on how big of a piece of shit you wanted to be. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I didn't have to pay. Dude, just the bill. The, so the hospital sent the bill to me instead of workman's comp like for like two months. Just for me breathing in oxygen for three and a half hours, like three hours, whatever it was, it was $875. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I'm not paying this. It's a workman's comp claim. And they were like, well, if you don't pay it by the end of the month, it goes to collections and then it affects your credit score. And so I yeah. I was like, yo, um, can't affect my credit score. I'm only 22. So got all that shit squared away, but... Yeah, I don't know. I've never passed out like that before, like, had that feeling ever. It was super weird. Just, I remember, like, smacking my face because I could feel, like, the pain. Like, I thought I broke my nose. I could just feel everything, like, all swollen. Like, my, like, feels like when you hit your nose super hard and you get a bloody nose, but, like, it wasn't bleeding. I was like, damn, dude, I think I broke my freaking nose. And then I remember waking up and just like, yo, that was crazy. <laughs> and then as soon as I stood up, passed out again. And like, I don't know. It's it's weird how our bodies can take a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> I am uh, not really very articulate today. <laughs> feel like I swallowed a some poison last night in one fashion or another. It's been a day. I'm just not firing on all cylinders. You're a yeah, maybe waiting in the pickup listening to you talk to the bank for five hours <laughs> had something to do with that. It's pretty draining. Yeah, I know. It, I don't know, man. Economics suck. So, see, dude, that bubble's huge, man. That probably just blew everybody's eardrums out. We're chilling. Oh, yeah. I like that. You want to tell the people what we're sipping on tonight? A little bit of Bush Light Apple. Bush Light Apple, baby. You could probably slip this to a Mormon. They wouldn't even <laughs> know that it's alcohol. Probably not. It's just like apple juice, but you drink three of them and you're like, oh shit. Drink three of them and you're you're buzzing. You're ready to good. sin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, so uh, here's the debacle <laughs> with this podcast. All right. Good job. Thanks. That was satisfying. <laughs> Do we take the time, the time that is no doubt tedious, to come up with talking points for this podcast? Sort of a blueprint, if you will. Mm -hmm. A conversation blueprint to lead us down the path of conversation. Of success and prosperity. Success and prosperity. For our viewers, for our mental sanity, and for success and prosperity. Our future children. <laughs> anyway, do we do that or do we just let it flow and end up rambling for an hour and a half? Because I tell you, 
coming up with talking points is not easy. No, it's not. It's really hard. Because like, uh, only like, thing. Shut up. Shut up and listen. <laughs> shut up, bitch. <laughs> so. Jeez, uh, <laughs> you okay? So. <laughs> no, there's. <laughs> there's like four talking points. That bubble's huge. Then don't enunciate so loud. That bubble's huge. <laughs> <laughs> so let me talk about when we talk about stuff on this here podcast. Yeah. Yeah. There's like three things we can talk about, and that's politics, the military, fire, and rocks. <laughs> no, there's way <laughs> more. The, uh, Those are the four most. Okay, go ahead and talk. I got the hiccups. Sorry. Um, for those of you listening that know me, the only things no that one. come out of my mouth. Just, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, is dirt bikes, trucks, snowmobiles, and or timber sleds. I just love trucks. Beer, and that's about it. So you talk pretty poorly on women a lot, <laughs> as well. Yeah, because they all treat me like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's every one though. Yeah. It's because I got. Unless you're married, and then I feel like even if you're married, you got to deal with your wife talking shit on you all the time. Yeah, seriously. I have a uh, low standards in women. <laughs> <laughs> they need to have. They need to have two <laughs> boobs. That's about my only standard. <laughs> they need to have. Uh, three things: boobs and ass, and recently divorced within the past year with a three to four year old child. And I'm all You're in. You're weird, dude. That's, Super weird, dude. You get on the single mom game on Tinder. There's so many options. I don't have Tinder and never have, dude. I know you should get it, man. I feel like I'd fail miserably no, on Tinder. I'm on telling you, Tinder, 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 <laughs> man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> my, you don't know what my main uh, thing against Tinder is. Getting Tinder is that I'd have to go take pictures of myself <laughs> <laughs> to put on my profile, and then I'd have to come up with a bio and all that stupid shit. <laughs> I just hate talking about myself. I hate doing anything that revolves myself. So I no, I don't. Yeah, that's how I hate I that am. shit. I just, so I I hate it. I literally have, so I probably have like six or seven pictures on my Tinder profile, and three of them are actual pictures of my face. The rest of them are me with a helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You probably get more matches if you take those off because yeah, well, <laughs> girls are like figure that's low confidence or something. Um, yeah, because I every woman I we're talk ugly to ugly as shit, man. Yeah. I'm like a solid six looking for a 12, right? Like a valley six. <laughs> like a valley, yeah, which is like, like a... Like a Rexburg four. <laughs> <laughs> which is like a real world two. Yeah. <laughs> On a good day. <laughs> On a good day. If I shave and brush my teeth, man, I'm a real world two. <laughs> then I might be a 7.5. No, that's if, after you... Um, Joke <laughs> right over your head. If I keep the beard and mustache up kept, and Mustachio. The, the mullet flowage going strong. Yeah. I think I'll have a good chance. <laughs> Let it out, man. I did. Um, good. You want to know what my bio is in Tinder? Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's who wants to follow me around the dunes in a razor packed full of beer. 
That's not a bad bio, though. Too bad you don't have a razor. Yeah, I know. But, but you're going to have a pickup that's can pull a razor. That can pull a razor, yeah. yeah. Just, now I got yeah. an excuse to buy a razor. Dude. I can't pull a razor with my damn toy yaw yaw. Oh, my God. <laughs> you good? No. <laughs> Top two diabetes. <laughs> Top two. What? What? <laughs> See, that was red, dude. Look at how big that bubble yeah, is. No, <laughs> it was red. I mean, that was that was red as shit. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Oi, lend me a pack of Winnie Blues. <laughs> Oi, can't you got a Siggy? <laughs> Oi, lend me a Siggy. So yeah, um So what's up with you in this whole religion thing? Religion? No, I'm just kidding, I know the deal. Oh, I mean What's up with you in religion? I'm going to get real honest, <laughs> and I don't know how many people are going to be ready for this. Just don't say anything too crazy. I don't <laughs> I don't know if I should. I'm not an atheist or anything like that. I believe there is a God, for sure. But I think a long, 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 long time ago, people were like, you know, I think there's a God... And he's he's really cool, you know. He made everything, blah blah. But I bet if I came up with my own set of rules, I could get people to live to give me a lot of money. Be like for a following my rules that God has absolutely jack <laughs> shit to do with, like not drinking coffee or some <laughs> fucking bullshit like that. If I told people they couldn't drink coffee or else they'd go to hell, they'd give me a lot of money. Yeah. That's what I feel like modern religion is. I feel like most of it is a bunch of bullshit. That, I don't know. I'm kind of stuck in between. And that's bold for me, dude. Half my family is Mormon, so if they hear this, I'm, <laughs> I got some, I got some explaining to do. <laughs> Still invite me to think. Like I said, not an atheist. I believe there's a God, but I feel like most of modern religion is just, just scaring people into giving Not. other people control and money. Yeah. Um do you think when we die we go to heaven? Like Yeah, like I I mean <sighs> That's all, I don't know. I mean, nobody knows for sure. You yeah. can believe what you want, but you don't really know for sure. I I feel like there's definitely something definitely made all this. Someone, something. And it wasn't I, the I, big bang. I think we that's the other thing is my way of kind of justifying religion because I still believe, like I said, I still believe this is all created and it's not just, just science just happened. Yeah. So they have scientific evidence of the big bang. Who says that God didn't use the big bang to create all of it? That's true. Like that's how, uh, how can you deny Science, like they literally have proof that the Big Bang happened, and it just makes people who are super religious look really dumb when they try to just straight out deny that. Yeah, but there, it doesn't say anywhere that God didn't. I mean, He had to do something to make everything. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't it have been the Big Bang? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It doesn't say like that that wasn't or like that it was or wasn't 
how he created earth you know like yeah because i know in the scriptures it's got like the whole like seven days thing you know and all that and like that's why people go to church on sunday because the seventh day is like a day of rest and all mm-hmm. that and but maybe the big bang was like a big old seven day event you know like, like yeah it could have been yeah and the way that time works out in like time is relative to gravity and like all this stupid uh, all not stupid but uh complicated mm-hmm. the way time works maybe maybe seven days was an instant when the big bang happened somehow you know some scientific yeah, well, explanation a- maybe just in that one instant for like whatever reason with gravity and all that yeah scientific stuff that i don't pretend to understand maybe somehow that did equate to seven days no for sure because there's i mean i'm not a scripture connoisseur at all like i know i can i can barely remember the 10 commandments yeah and i, I went on a mission for three months <laughs> <laughs> um it falls right in line though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that i know somewhere in the scriptures that people who are a lot more religious and do more scripture study than me can probably tell me exactly where it is but somewhere in the scriptures it talks about like time our time being like relative to like gods and like jesus's time and it's like something like one year on earth is like a minute in like heaven you know like Mm -hmm. so it's like the you know big bang was a flash you know maybe for you know in heaven it's totally possible yeah i mean time is different like that uh on uh interstellar you know when they go down to that one planet that has uh higher gravity yeah that's a proven um like that's what actually happens they've proven that with higher gravity time moves slower Mm -hmm. like on earth if if there's one person that lives at the top of mount everest for their entire life and then one person that lives at sea level for their entire life and they're born at the exact same time the person that lives on top of Mount Everest, it's not a huge difference because there's not that much of a difference in mm-hmm. gravity on Earth, but the person that lives on top of Mount Everest will have lived like a fraction of a second longer than the person who lives, or maybe it's shorter. Either way, there's a fraction of a second difference between top of Mount Everest and sea level because mm-hmm. of the difference in gravity. So there's all, there's, and that's what, that's, that's just what we know. I'm sure there's a bunch of other things that we have we don't even know about yet that affect time yeah i mean i don't know it's there's a lot of shit that we don't know like we've discovered more space like than we have our ocean yeah a lot of shit we don't know yeah, I, dude i don't know jack nasa shit. a lot of shit they don't know too yeah exactly like i don't know and i mean i don't want people to think we're dogging on religion or anything because we're not like no i'm definitely not not i mean not at all believe what you want that's yeah that's i just think People get too caught up in the whole, at least. A lot of the Mormon. I feel like a lot of the Mormon religion is kids being like, quote unquote, forced into it. Not yeah. literally being forced, but like they're born into it. They go to church. They they are forced to go to church when they're kids. Mm-hmm. That's straight up. They're being uh, yeah. forced to go to church, which isn't a bad thing. They're kids, but there's like. I don't know if it's seems like everyone that's still a Mormon when they get older and they've always been Mormon, they have that one moment where they're like, they really like felt it or whatever. Like I never felt that. I went to to church when I was a kid. Um, I just, 
I don't know. I yeah. I, I think there is. There's definitely a higher power, but I just never. I never got into the whole organized religion thing because I never, I never like felt anything toward it. I yeah. guess. And like I don't know. That's where like I have a hard time with everything because my mom's side of the family is like uber religious. Same, um, but my dad's side. I've had my grandma tell me every time I see her, uh, she still tells me there's time for me to go on a mission because I think like males can go on. You can still serve a mission up until like the time you're 26, I think, is like the cutoff. Yeah. And like I remember telling her and my aunt that I was going to get a tattoo and like the amount of times that she's told me that like I'm going to go to hell because I don't go to church anymore. Like I want to get a tattoo. That's the other thing that really bothers me with organized religion. Is the fact that they can tell people that they're going to go yeah, to hell. Yeah, exactly. Where where in the Bible does it say a tattoo is going to make you go to hell? Yeah. Where There's, in the Bible does it tell you that drinking is going to go to make is going to make you go to hell? Yeah. Where in the Bible does it tell you that using nicotine is going to make you go to hell? Where in the Bible does it tell you that not going to church on Sunday is going to make you go to hell? You don't know more than anybody else on earth knows. Yeah. But so many people have a problem with organized religion because... Sorry, the pieces of shit of religion, the people who have the confidence to tell someone they're literally going to go to hell based on the way that... Maybe they are. That's not up for you to decide. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're... If you're really... Like, if you have all the confidence in God that you say you do, then that's up for him to decide. And it's none of your damn business until it's time for him to decide. You don't need to talk jack shit about it. It's between them and God, you know? Yeah. There's that's why so many people have a problem with organized religion because <coughs> so many of them get told that they're living the wrong way. No, exactly. I mean, that's kind of like the point where I'm at is like I'm I would still classify myself as like Mormon because, I mean, I've gone to like different like churches like with my friends, you know, yeah. and like just to see like what it's about and everything. Um. Cause like I have being involved with the Mormon church, like how you were saying, like you didn't feel anything. Like I have like felt some strong feelings here and there, like especially when I was like filling out my mission papers where it's just like, damn, like this is actually like, I can tell like this is like something good, you know, like something that I like believe in, like that I know is good. But then at the same time, it's like, I remember being younger and you go to like, not primary, but whatever's above. That's how long it's been. Weeblos. <laughs> Scouts. <laughs> Weeblos. <laughs> um, no, like going to like deacons quorum or like elders quorum, and everybody's like, "Oh, why weren't you at church last week?" It's like, well, me and my family decided decided to load up our dirt bikes and fuller and go cruising the packs out of lake and roast hot dogs and, and marshmallows and. and yeah, like, that's oh well you you know we really missed you you should have been here it's like i would take any day i can getting quality family time than going to church that's the other thing is like going to church i mean you're being out in nature with your family surrounded by people that love you that that's almost the same thing as church i mean you're out in nature yeah like the very I mean, God created everything, but when you're out in nature, that's like the 
the closest to the way God made it mm-hmm. that you can get. So you're out, you're like next, like quote unquote, like next to God there, like God's country, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're out with your family and the the Bible, and I'm, I'm sure the Book of Mormon talks about how important family is. You're out with your family, you're enjoying each other's company. <clears throat> like that, that might as well be church. You're not... I mean, maybe if you want to, you you stop and like, and um, have like a lesson or whatever. Maybe your dad or someone has like a lesson, and um, yeah, it seems like that could be really comparable to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, I don't know. As I've gotten older and kind of like developed like my own like. I don't know. I wouldn't say like conscience, but like, I don't want to say ideology either. I don't know what the right word is, but like, I guess my own, my own perspective on like everything with religion is that people are always talking about when you die, you know, there's going to be like judgment day or whatever. And that's how, you know, you're going to go to heaven or hell or whatever. I'd rather be judged on like I'd rather have if you were thinking about it like a like whiteboard and you have you know quality time with friends and family on Sundays or amount of times you went to church in your life I would rather have more tally marks on the side with my friends and family than I would the amount of times going to church mm-hmm. because I would rather go and make memories with my family and enjoy my company with them while I can then oh we can't go do this because it's sunday yeah you know we can't go hang out because we have to go to church we have to make an appearance because that's 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 what's going to matter at the end of the day that's one of the biggest things about going to church is making an appearance yeah let other people see that you're there Mm -hmm. like it really fucking matters yeah if you if if the only reason you're going to church is to appease other people stop fucking going to church Yep, that's you should it. not be yeah. going to church to please <laughs> other human fucking beings. Exactly, that is ridiculous. That's um, that's probably I'd say that's probably about ninety percent the reason why I quit going to church is because I felt like I needed to go so people would see me there on Sunday. You know, sitting in the chapel with my family, be like, "Oh, the whole Lassen family's here. Good for them." You know, Creed's here. He's yeah. he's going to church. He's doing good. But Saturday night, I was out at a bonfire pounding beers with my buddies. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, you could even tell them you were out drinking the night before, and they're like, well, at least you're in church today. At least today. you're in church. Yeah, exactly. Where if they knew you were out pounding beers, and instead you go on a dirt bike ride with your family the next day, like, he's going to hell. He, oh, he didn't come to church. Yep, there's a tally mark on the wrong side of the board. Yeah. Exactly. And that shit you told me about when you came back from your mission early, how people were like, dude, giving you all kinds yeah. of shit, and like... I can understand getting, like, trying to get you to go back out. I can understand that. But, like, mind your own business. One, you don't have concrete evidence for any of this. Mm -hmm. You don't know God's actual opinion on any of this. You don't know any of it. If someone went out on a mission and they just didn't feel the spirit or whatever, quote-unquote, like... If, if someone went out and they didn't feel like they were supposed to be there and came home, let them do that and let them decide that for themselves. You don't, 
you don't need to get involved in any of that. Yeah, and like I think that's like one of the major problems. I mean, at least from what I've seen and I've experienced in the Mormon culture is like people can't let other members like live their lives and just do whatever the hell they want. Like, oh, this guy's really cool. I've hung out with him a bunch of times. He's a super cool guy. He's fun to hang out with. He doesn't murder people in his spare time, but he uses Copenhagen, so he's going to not going to let my kids hang out with his kids. Exactly, yeah. So there's that's what's crazy about like growing up and being able to like decide for yourself what you want to do. The amount of times that I was when I was younger where like I'd go to school and like come home and be like, "Oh, so and so wants me to hang out you know with them this week like can i go over to their house it's like well who are their parents blah 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 you know like what do they do like it's like oh yeah but like they don't go to church you know and it's like oh and that's maybe you shouldn't go hang out maybe you should hang out with these kids that you see at school five days a week plus you might see around town on the weekends but then you go to church with them let's keep you in this little bubble exactly so when you grow up then your kids are going to be in the same bubble where it's like you can hang out with person a b and c you know and it's just that's i feel like a big part of the religious and specifically mormon upbringing is you filter who your kids can hang out with Mm -hmm. based on what their parents do and if whether or not they go to church and what religion where what it really should be is expose your kids to all kinds of stuff so that when they're old enough to decide they have all this information about different kinds of people and different kinds of religions and different, just different everything. Mm-hmm. And they ha- can make an educated decision on what they want to do instead of literally just indoctrinating your kids and forcing them to stay in this bubble where the only choice they have is the religion you want. Mm-hmm. If you're forcing your kids into a religion, that's not a choice and you shouldn't feel good about that because you're, you're, you're like making a fake member of a religion and I say fake because it's not an actual choice. It's just the only thing they've ever been experienced or they've ever been exposed to. So that's what that's the only thing they're going to choose. Yeah. They don't have exactly. knowledge of anything else. Yeah. They're, and, and it's because of a pressure from the Mormon church to just just keep bringing people to church. Like, they, they it's just a numbers thing, I feel like. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I mean, growing up, like, I always remember my mom was like, I'd tell her, I was like, I don't want to go to church. And she's like, okay, well, when, you know, when you turn 18, you can decide if you want to go to church or not. But you're still, you know, 15, 16, whatever. Like, you're living in our house. You're going to follow our rules. You're going to go to church. Which is like, you know, understandable. Like, 16, 17, you're still a pretty, you know, dumb kid. Idiotic, yeah. Yeah. And like, I remember when I turned 18, I was like, yo, like, I don't want to go to church this week. And my mom's like, okay, well, that's up to you. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if yeah. you miss out on what church has to offer you, like, you miss out, you know, like, I can't force you to go now. Mm-hmm. And, like, once I got to that point, and I started realizing, like, I can l- live my life the way I want and still have a relationship with God to where I don't feel like a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. That's what really opened my eyes is because I always thought, growing up, I always thought, like, Everybody that goes to the bar is just the biggest, you know, piece of shit, waste of skin person there is on the entire planet. 
The bar's awesome. Dude, some <laughs> of the most down-to-earth people I've ever met that I've had some of the most realest conversations with, I've have been with them at the bar at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And which sounds probably sounds crazy to people that have never experienced that. You got to pause it for a second. Sorry. <laughs> you got to take a leak. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> All right. All right, we're back. We had to take a little... Uh, Sorry, I killed the mood. I had to urinate severely yeah. bad. <laughs> take a little potty break. Um, Yeah, religion. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Pretty much no... You know my opinions now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, This is... When I was peeing, I was thinking about this. If you're, if you're religious and you're trying to convince someone who's not religious to be religious... Convince them, show them that being religious is better than not being religious instead of telling them why not being religious makes them a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. Just show them why it's better instead of showing them why not being religious is worse. Lead with love. <laughs> um, I No, I totally agree. I mean, I think people need to realize that you it's okay to be judged on um how do i want to say this in my mind it's better to be judged on the content of your heart than the content of like how others perceive your life you know yeah like there's probably people that look at me and think there's a famous saying about that Oh. Really famous, but I I don't know it. I don't know. It's better to be judged on the on the content of your character than the color of your skin. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> no, like there's probably people that look at me and they're like, "That Lassen kid is a piece, piece of, of shit." shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me, I think that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I don't <laughs> fucking care, you know. Like, but I still hang out with you. That, no. Yeah, exactly. And that's what people don't realize is you can be on completely. I don't really think that opposite the way. ends of the spectrum and still hang out with someone. If you yeah. are Molly Mormon as it gets, you have not missed a day of church in the last ten years. Hanging out with people you, that go out and drink is going to be the best time you ever dude, had in your yeah, life. Yeah, you will. Even if you don't go out and drink, you will laugh. If you just so hang hard. hang around those people, you're going to laugh it, really hard. You're going to gain some perspective. You're going to see exactly. that there's another side of the story. Exactly, you're going to have your eyes opened on so many different things on so many different yeah, levels. And you don't have to go out and do even if you're the DD. You go in there and yeah. the bartender's like, "What do you want?" I just want a water. I'm the DD, or I don't drink. And they're gonna be like, "Okay, like, why are you here?" Like, yeah, like it's not a sin to be around these kind no, of people. No, you're like, I just who was around these people the yeah. most? I feel like with Jesus, right? He he turned water into wine. Well, he like he targeted these kind of people. These kinds of people. He was around these kinds of people, like alcoholics, like us. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> just people that weren't like devout Christians. Yeah, no, exactly, and like they were like. That's what, oh my gosh, the amount of times I've had this conversation with people, if I had a dollar for every time, I'd never have to work a day in my I life. About $15. No, like $15 million. Do you think, okay, and my mom asked me this too. She's like, when you get all 
spick and span on a Friday night, throw on my dancing boots, you know, my nice Dixon flannel shirt, uh-huh. my tight jeans. Love it. Wranglers, you know. Love it. She's like, if you got in your truck and as soon as you started your truck, Jesus was in your passenger seat, would you still go to the bar or would you stay home? You think Jesus wants to stay home? <laughs> well, and I tell her, I was like, I always tell her, I'm going to go to the bar. She's like, well, what, you know, why would you go to the bar? If Dude, Jesus we're not going there, racking up 15 kills and shoving everybody <laughs> in the trunk of your car. No. and We're going well, in there and having a good time, okay, after a long ass week of work that we wanted to kill ourselves the whole way through. Well, and so I always tell her, I'm like, I'm going to the bar. And she's like, well, why would you go to the bar if Jesus is in your passenger seat, you know? And I was like, because at the end of the day, my, this is just my opinion, the way I look at things, my um, relationship with Jesus and God, the Jesus I love and the Jesus that I have come to know would not give a shit if I stayed home or went to the bar because at the end of the day, he's going to love me the same way. Exactly. He's not going to say you're going to the bar. There's strike three. You're going to hell. He's going to say you're going to the bar. That's something you probably, yeah, I wish you wouldn't do that, but Hey, you know what? That's how you're living your life. And at the end of the day, you can go to the bar, but here's all the good things you did during the week. You're going to the bar. It might not be the best thing a you can do A huge part of religion life. is fellowship. Exactly. Being friends with people. You know, name a time you have bonded better with a friend than when you were both a little sauced, having a good conversation. It wasn't at church. <laughs> no. I, you, you don't get that. Exactly. You get, you get a version of people that's so much more real. No. When they're when they've been on the sauce a little yes. bit. Yes. And like I'm not trying to say that everybody has to get, you know, everybody has to like have nicotine in their system or be a little buzzed to actually understand the quality of a person. Nicotine's not going to do that no matter what. Yeah, I know, I'm but I'm I'm like just trying to make a point. Specific but, drugs, but that's Yeah. That's a little further out there. No, like I'm just trying to make a point, you know, like you go to church and you think you know someone, but if you go to like the bar or like not even the bar, like just say like you just went out and hung with them in a different setting, you know. Yeah, even if yeah, even if it's not the bar. even if it was in their own home where it's like this is my house, I can be who I want to be in the privacy of my home, you know. Yeah, you're gonna know that person and understand them on a completely different level. If it's like, mm. what's up, brother and sister, so and so, like, how are the yeah. kids? How's work? You know, it's like. Yeah. You go to the bar with someone's like, dude, I go to church every Sunday and I put a fake smile on my face to please all these other people and make an appearance. So they're like, so-and-so's here, you know, things must be doing good. When in reality, their life probably sucks. But you can't let... Not sucks, but I mean, everyone like, has their problems and yeah. they just hide it. No, exactly. When and they're like, at church. When you get someone in a social setting and they're comfortable... You hear about everything. You do, yes. At church, you just hide all of that. Because, yeah, at church, like... Because it's not the place for it. Exactly. Like, I don't feel like... There's a saying where... I don't want to mess it up, but I probably will. That's okay. And it's like... um, Church isn't for... 
perfect people it's for people to become perfect yeah like something like that yeah. if everybody that went there to church which i feel like in this point in time in my ward i feel like i don't know maybe like 85 percent of the people 90 percent of the people are on that line where it's like i am you're the, mormon by I'm, name but not by action no i am the pinnacle of what it is to be a mormon oh okay. i go to church every week my kids are attending byu Mm. They, I have seven kids. They've all served full-time missions. They were all married in the temple by the time they were 25. And they all have their own families now, you know? Mm -hmm. I am the top of the top of the Mormon society. And it's like, you know, then there's people like me where it's like, yeah, I drink beer and I use nicotine, but... I don't go to church every week. I can't even remember last time I went to church. But it's like I have all these other ways that I prove to myself or not myself, prove to God that I'm not a piece of shit, you know? Yeah, living your life like a functioning member of society, not killing people, not stealing, not lying, not not being a piece of shit i mean that's all you that's all religion asks for is to mm -hmm. not be a piece of shit so if you're just like like the term like like to be a good man or whatever by like society's terms is the same as to be a good man by religion's terms basically just without like going to church and all that yeah like no one wants you the world isn't telling you you should steal and kill and lie. People who steal and kill and lie are widely regarded as pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. No one likes those people. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> no, I, but <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I've, how I was saying earlier, I've gone to different, like, churches and stuff to see how they do business and all that and because there was a point in my life where it's like i don't want to be involved with this mormon culture anymore mm. i i'm not the person nor have i ever been the person to deny that there is you know a god and jesus and you know like the holy ghost like i believe in that they are all three separate beings you know like other religions don't that's why i've gone and experienced other things for myself to put myself in the real world instead of in this Mormon culture bubble, you know, but I have not felt the spirit the same way I do when I attend a Mormon church. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the people that go out, they're raised in a religion and they go out and experience the real world and they experience people who aren't part of that religion. They experience people who aren't, a part of any religion mm -hmm. those people that come back to that religion are so much stronger in that faith mm -hmm. than the people who just never left that religion because they've seen it all yeah exactly they have real world experience yeah if you just never leave 
if you're just only around Mormons and that's the only thing you've ever known, if your faith is ever questioned, you're probably going to go to that one person who's had experience outside of the religion and see what they think. Exactly. There, that's one of the, what was one of the most craziest things when I was on my mission. You were, you go on an LDS mission, you're devoting two years of your life to go and serve the Lord and spread the gospel to other people's, you know, be a servant of Christ. And there's so many times me and my companion would go to a house. I'll, pretty much all I did when I was on my mission was just go and knock on doors. There We had yeah. like two investigators that were actually serious about taking the lessons and getting baptized. There, 98% of the time, we would just knock on doors, try and find, you know, new investigators. The amount of times we'd roll up on a house and there would be someone there that it's like, oh, you know, I'm not interested. It's like, okay, cool. You know, if we're not trying to force this on you. Like, you have to make a choice if you want to go to church. You don't want to go to church? Cool. Good for you. You know what you want in life. Yeah. The, and the amount of times we'd walk up to some dude, you know, like barbecuing or mowing his lawn or, you know, messing around in his garage and he'd have a beer in his hand. We talked yeah. to him. It's like, you know, we're from the LDS church. This is what we believe in. You know, like we had like a certain like spiel we'd give everybody, which I can't even remember. But then it's like, yeah, like, dude, that guy, he's sip. I remember one time we went to this Mexican dude's house. We talked to him for probably like two hours. He had so many questions for us. And like, you know, we being 18, 19 year old kids did the best to our ability that we could to answer his questions about the church besides, you know, pulling out the book of Mormon, reading word for word or like reading from our pamphlets, word for word, what we should tell him. And then, you know, we're walking back to the car and I was thinking like, damn, that guy was, you know, really cool. Like he had a lot of cool questions. He's super down to earth, you know, super nice, invited us in, you know, super respectful to us where people can be like, get the hell off my porch you know i don't want to be involved with you mormons we get back to the car i'm like dang like so you know when are we gonna hit that guy up again and see, you know see if he wants to talk or get involved with the lessons oh he doesn't really seem that interested he's drinking a beer or he's not gonna take this shit seriously because you know him and his wife they were dropping you know cuss words when we're trying to give our spiel so they're not going to be involved in this culture yeah, like you want people that are already perfect. Exactly. Instead of accepting people. Who Start coming to church. You want to drink a beer before church and after church? Fine. Fine. It's like a, it's a work in progress. Do yeah. what you got to do. Just come to church if you can. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, if you wake up, if your thing to do on Sunday morning is wake up whenever you do, and then first thing you do is crack a beer and sit on your deck, you know, and chill with your family that's cool might church, be an alcoholic if that's like, the first well, thing you do but <laughs> church starts at you know this time ends at this time we'd love to see you there yeah and then if they do decide to show up hey man how are you how's it going you know like mm -hmm. we're, we're glad you came that sounds a lot more welcoming than hey quit drinking and then come to church yeah you, you have to be a hundred percent you can't do drugs you can't do alcohol you yeah. can't do any of this you know and then the whole point of God is he loves you no matter what. So exactly. you, should, you should love and welcome these people no matter what. And I feel like it's so ass backwards is that if what's the point in going 
to church if everybody there is already perfect and you're imperfect? There is no point in going to church exactly. if you're perfect. Zero point. Zero. Yeah. And, like, I don't get... It's a whole... I mean, I don't want to say things that make me sound like I don't give a shit because I do. But like, And I'm not anti-religion. My So my dad's side of the family is super Mormon. My mom's side of the family, they're... Um, uh, Baptist, I think, like super Baptist. They, from time to time, will talk shit on Mormons, and I defend Mormons a lot, mm-hmm. just because it's not. That's like the opposite of what religion is, is talking shit on another religion because they, you just love everyone in a religion. Yeah. You're supposed to love everyone, no matter what. So talking shit on another religion just because they believe different things than you is the opposite of what you need to do exactly so i defend mormons a lot like i'm not totally i'm not i'm not against them in any way i just think them like every other religion on earth has problems Mm -hmm. and like as me and like my sisters have gotten older like my mom's perspective is like kind of changed a little bit like i mean i'm not going to speak for her and like what she believes or thinks but she'll like ask me like time to time it's like oh you know like she always used to tell me, like, when probably at the time I was in a sophomore in high school, she's like, you just need to find, like, a good Mormon girl who's going to keep you on the straight and narrow. You know, just keep you from doing all the things that you're not supposed to do, like, quote, unquote, you know. Why would I want to... Yeah, m- just wait till they're like, alone. Yeah. <laughs> why would I want to marry someone <laughs> where it's like... Almost dropped the mic, sorry. <laughs> um, where am I going with this? Where it's like, okay, like, we're on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. I like nicotine in my body and alcohol in my blood. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, that's fine, but you should really quit doing that because I want to get married in the temple. Yeah. Then go find somebody that is on your same standard level and go get married in the freaking temple. That's where I can agree is... Like, I agree with you where if you're looking for someone to get married to yours you should be a little more than just loving them no matter, no matter what yeah like if you're looking for a life partner then yeah you should be really specific mm-hmm. because you're going to be spending them hopefully the rest of your life with them yeah. so you should be looking for something very specific mm-hmm. but i mean yeah, I mean, like, you don't need to hate that person or whatever. Just, no, exactly. just tell them, you know, I don't think this is going to work out. I'm looking for something. I'm looking for this, and you're that. Mm-hmm. I like hanging out with you, whatever. Let's go our separate ways. Yeah. And, like, I've had, like, this conversation with chicks I've dated in the past where it's, like, we kind of get to a point where we're, like, serious, and then it's, like, oh, well, you know, I want to get married and have kids, but, you know, I want to get married in the temple and, like, I want my kids to go to church and all that. But up until we're ready to get married, we can still, you know, go to the bars and hang out and freaking, you know, do all this other yeah, shit. Yeah, after we get married, you better quit all that shit. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I've seen people do it and... Divorce. Yeah, it does not work out. Yeah. And then, but when you do see those people get divorced and then you see them like connect with people that are on their same wavelength they are a million times happier oh yeah they 
I don't get and like I feel like that's why like a lot of kids our age like I remember when Bridger and Austin were going to BYU just like some of the stories they tell me where it's like like I don't even know where it's like guys that they were friends with or like dating girls but like they were still like a lot of people who go to Brigham Young universities are like the furthest thing from being Mormon. Like I'd say probably Dude, about the amount of people like that one girl we met at that fire we had in Rexburg. Like she was definitely not Mormon. Why are you going to BYU? It's really cheap. It's really cheap. Exactly. <laughs> my parents wanted me to go here. They said they'd pay for my college if I yeah, went here. Yeah. And it's like, and then you get mixed in with other people that are like that, that have had real world experience that haven't been sheltered or in this Mormon bubble their entire life. And then they link up and it's like, you know what? We can still do this whole religion thing, but we can do it like our way in a way that makes us happy. That doesn't yeah. compromise, you know, our relationship with God. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that's what's so crazy to me is the amount of conversations I've had with people about this. And it's like, you still think God loves you because you drink beer? If yep. God didn't love me because I drank beer, oh, why the hell am I still here on earth? I might as well put <laughs> yeah. a bullet in my freaking brain. Yeah. If you don't believe, like... You know, God's not going to love you for the way you are and judge you on your, you know, how good you lived your life. Why are you still here? You should just give up and just not be here anymore. And like, it sounds bad, but really, that's how it should be. Because what's the point in living your life the way you want to, being happy, putting yourself in situations where. You know, you're enjoying your time here on earth. But it's like, you know what? You're laying on your deathbed, you know, 80, 90 years old. Wish I, I would have gone to church <laughs> that one weekend. Well, no, it's like you're laying there. It's like, damn, I had a kick-ass life. I had a lot of fun. You know, I live life to the fullest. Too bad I'm going to hell. <laughs> yeah. What is the point? Yeah. I want to be on my deathbed. And be like, you know what? Some people want to go to hell. Yeah, which, I mean, you do you. like Satanists. Yeah. Well, it's like, I want to be on my deathbed and be surrounded by people, you know, my family and what friends I have left at that time. And be like, you know what? I had a freaking badass life. I did a lot of cool shit while I was here on this earth. And now I'm going to die and I'm going to meet my maker and I am totally okay with what I have done. What during my time period on this earth and whatever happens happens I am okay with that yeah that's how it should be it shouldn't be like I need to go to church you know 10 million times in this lifetime or I'm not gonna make it into heaven yeah it's should be like no you went to church when you felt like you need to go to church and the times you didn't go to church probably 90% of the time you're doing shit with your family how much do people really like going to church, too? I don't feel like... I always hated going to church. And if going to heaven... If everyday life was just like being in church... Like, what's the highest kingdom in the Mormon religion? 
Mm-hmm. There's like the celestial and the telestial and the. It's like celestial, telestial, and celestial, something like that. I, I anyway, don't that remember. highest kingdom where it's just like the best of the best. Yeah. I feel like that's just being in church 24 7. And who the hell wants to do that? That, I feel. Well, so like, here's what I think it's like. So they tell us in like church that, like, you know, when you die, you're not going down into hell or up into heaven. Like, hell is like a state of mind. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you die, like whatever you think is hell, like if you like if you are here on this earth and it's like like for my, my mom, for instance, like I know she comes home and like the house is just like freaking destroyed, just pigsty shit everywhere. Yeah. Like none of us are like listening to her. Like she comes home. She's like, oh, you need to do this. And we're just like sitting on the couch, like just ignoring her. Like that's like her living hell is what I would have to guess. <laughs> yeah. It's like all of us just ignoring her and just destroying everything around her, you know, just not giving a shit. And so it's like when my mom dies, if she goes to hell, like quote unquote, then she's going to be in that mental state where it's just every day. It's like my house is a mess. My kids aren't listening to me. You know, like, Oh my gosh, this like, I can't control anything. Like that's going to be her hell. And, like, I've thought about it a lot. Like, honestly, I don't know if I do go to quote-unquote hell. I don't know what my hell would be. Because I'm living my life how I want to and I'm happy. There's honestly darkness. Like, honestly, you want to know what my hell would probably be? If I woke up every morning and I was sitting in a chapel (laughs) singing hymns. Surrounded by people where it's like, we're so glad you made it this week. We had the biggest fake smile on our faces. We're so happy to be here at nine o'clock in the morning for three hours. Yes. That would be my living hell because I do not enjoy that. That is not, that is exactly why I do not go to church anymore is for that exact same reason. Because going to church on Sundays and dealing with all that bullshit is literally hell for me. (laughs) That is a hundred percent why I do not go anymore. Dealing yeah. with fake ass people trying to push their stupid agenda, quote unquote. I heard you went to the bar this weekend. Ooh, add yep. that tally mark to the wrong side of the board. Maybe you can try again next week. We were gonna invite you to dinner, but sorry. Yeah. Where it's I like I was gonna let you date my daughter, but sorry. Sorry. You've had a sip of the alcohol. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, your children are going to have deformities. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know. It's just, it's mind boggling. Well, there's that one thing. I heard this from Javin one time, which I didn't, I thought it was weird when I, when he first told me, but he's talking about someone, someone we went to school with, one of them, super Mormons, who their parents, she's a girl, their parents teach them to just go after the richest Mormon guy that can. Like, that's their main goal in life is to get married to the richest Mormon guy that can so that they don't have to work, they don't have to worry about money. And I heard it from him, and I was like, ah, that's, that seems kind of weird. I've heard it from, like, five or six different people after that. So it's got to be not, like, a completely Mormon thing, but, I mean, obviously, if you're one, if you're a girl, you want to marry a rich. Yeah, no, exactly. But, like... To go after, like, I think even my grandma, like when she married my grandpa, he had a lot of money. His his dad owned a, a pretty large farm, mm-hmm. so like they were set. 
And I think she dated like a few people before and her parents were just like, no, he's, he doesn't have enough money. Yeah. Don't. And uh, yeah. Anyway. I mean, maybe not so much around here, but like, I definitely feel like well, there's not a lot of, not a lot of rich people around here. Yeah. No. I mean, and like, obviously things change. And like, Jackson there is, but not here. Throughout generation and generation. Where it's like, I think our generation now is mainly, uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to go to like a young singles ward and be like, okay, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. Everybody, go put your name up on the whiteboard, chalkboard, whatever. Left side, we're going to have, you were the definition of Molly Mormon. You've you know never cussed never drank never had sex like done any of this the right side of the board you've done the complete opposite you go to the bars on friday saturday nights you know have a couple beers with your buddy you might take a girl home get lucky you know you might say shit damn hell all that shit everybody go put a tally on what side of the board you're on It'd be interesting to see how many people are on the wrong side, quote unquote, and how many people exactly, how many people are on the, yeah. Well, and then it'd be interesting to be like, okay, how many you completely lied out of your ass about (laughs) being on the right side, (laughs) you know, it'd be interesting to see because I feel like our generation now is kind of getting to the point where it's like, we were told to grow up and become certain things and live a certain way. And we all kind of grew up and we're like, holy shit, like we can, you're telling me I don't have to listen to my parents after I move out of the house and I don't have to go to church every weekend. Dude, that's been, that's been one of my main struggles with you until maybe the past year. And I get how like you lived with your parents and, you you had to listen to them but like to where they would give you like a super strict curfew or like tell you you couldn't do this or couldn't do that that shit never flied with me Mm -hmm. like and i'm it helps that i had a certain kind of parents and like i didn't even live with my parents for most of my well for a good part of my life whole high school career i didn't even live with my parents but um like they would like you would tell me about your mom t- telling you to do something or telling you, you couldn't do something. It's just like, dude, go go do it. Go go do it. What is she gonna do? Go do it. She gonna tell you she's gonna kick you out of the house? Deal with it then. One, she's not gonna because <laughs> she's your mom. She's scary, man. But like, that always used to frustrate me. I would try to go do something with you. Oh, God, I can't. My mom tells me I got to do this. Yeah. No. Go do it anyway. Yeah. No, and then, yeah, and then when I kind of got to the point where it's like, I'm not going to listen to my mom anymore. Like, let's go. Like, there's a fire out in Rexburg. She said I have to be home by 12. Like, when I get home, I get home. Fuck it, you know? Yeah. Like, when I started doing that, like, yeah, there was definitely times when I came home and I got <laughs> my ass reamed you know and like got just lectured forever yeah but then after a while my mom kind of realized like he's his own person he's gonna make his own decisions and 
he's going to do what he's going to do. Actually, in high school, I didn't really have a problem with that. But it was after you, after we graduated and your parents still tried to do that to you. That's when I was really like, dude, you're your own man. Mm-hmm. Do what you want to do. Your parents can see that or see the door. Yeah. And, like, that was kind of, like, one of the hardest things for me to do was, like, I mean, you can't sit on the fence yeah. with certain things. You got to be on one side or the other. Yeah. And I sat on the fence for a long time about a lot of shit. And yeah. now. And, I mean, I, I say that, like, I've, the p- people I lived with would let me, they wouldn't even see me for three days. <laughs> yeah. And then text me and ask me if I'm still alive. And I'd say, <laughs> yeah. And then it'd be all like, okay. Okay. See you when I so see I, you. So I, I say that from that perspective, but I feel like even if I had strict parents, I mean, you always figure something out. Yeah. If they kick you out, they kick you out. And they feel like most of the time they wouldn't. But if they do, they do. You figure something out. Like, you can't just... It's like having a landlord that... It basically turns your parents into your landlords. Yeah. Like, do what I want or you're not going to live here. Mm-hmm. Okay, I won't live here. I'll go live somewhere else. I'll live somewhere else. Then I'm going to do all the shit you don't want me to do. And I'm going to have no one telling me not to do it. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? Well, and I feel like that's a problem, too, for, like, a lot of, like, people in the Mormon culture, too. Because, like, there are kids that want to just, like, I just want to go get hammered just so, like, my parents, you know, I just, it's going to make their skin crawl if they find out I just got absolutely shit-faced this weekend. And then I feel like those are the types of people where it's like, dude, that guy is such an alcoholic like he can barely freaking you know every time i see him he's well, there's, there's stumbling those people out of the bar and all that shit you know he's got like three duis it's like only reason i'm doing this is to get back at my parents there's definitely those people too yeah there's yeah and then their true. parents are like they decided not to go to church i anymore. feel like most of those people though the more restrictive you are with your kids Like, if you tell your kids, no alcohol, no drugs, no staying out past 10 p.m., no dating, no this, no that, as soon as they move out, they're going to do all that shit as much as they can. Mm -hmm. You have to have some leniency with your kids. Like, tell them, like, if you want to have some alcohol, go for it. First of all, don't drive. Stay where you're at. If you want to do drugs... Do do the easy ones first. <laughs> don't do meth. <laughs> yeah, don't do meth. You want to try weed? Go for it. Stay where you're at. Don't drive. Blah blah blah. Like if you tell, if you just tell your kids none of this at all, like people, like a really restrictive parents. As soon as their kid, like if they go to college, as soon as they move out, dude, those are the people that turn into alcoholics. Yeah, because they have been taught that this is just like. Like humans are rebellious by nature, so as soon as they, all this stuff they're not, they haven't been allowed to do for 18 years, Mm -hmm. as soon as they're able to, they're doing all of it, and they're doing it as much as they can. But then, saying that, like, what do you think is the good, like, medium ground for, like, the parents to take, you know? Like, tell them, like, like, if you want to try alcohol, do it. But as soon as you drink too much and you feel how shitty it, how shitty it is when you're trying to go to bed and the room is spitting and you feel like you're going to puke. Mm-hmm. And then the next day when you wake up and your head hurts and you feel like you don't want to do anything that entire day, 
just know that is alcohol and that's why I'm telling you you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like they have to but it's like it's if like you, they're trying it's like really strict parents are just trying to keep their kids babies up until they're 18. Yeah. Like you you have a lot of growing up to do from 12 years old to 18. You have a shit ton of growing up to do. You have a lot of things to experience. And strict parents are just delaying that up mm-hmm. until they're 18 and move out. Yeah. Or whenever they move out. Exactly. Well, and like, I mean. It's like kids that get, um, like Joe Rogan, he said, uh, I forget which podcast it was, but he was talking about um, like ways to teach your kids like not to be fat. Like he's like, like I don't, I don't restrict my, what my kids eat. Mm-hmm. Like if my daughter wants to have a shit ton of ice cream, I let her have that ice cream. But the sh- as soon as she's done eating it, and I can see she's laying on the couch and has a stomach ache and wants to cry because it hurts so bad, I tell her, "You see how bad you feel right now? It's because of that all, all that ice cream you ate. Mm-hmm. Just realize that in the future. If you want to have a little bit of ice cream." couple scoops do it you're not gonna feel shitty yeah but if you eat the whole tub if you eat the whole tub you're gonna feel like a piece of shit and you're gonna want to die for the next 24 hours Mm. well and i would say that was kind of how my parents treated me Mm -hmm. where it's like i remember when i graduated or getting close to graduating my parents were like well what do you want to do and i was like i want to go to school to be a mechanic that's all i've ever wanted to do be a mechanic and I made that decision when I was in, like, sixth grade. My dad was a mechanic for 26 years, and I thought it was the most badass thing to do. I wanted to go to school, open my own shop, and build custom cars for people. I remember my parents sat me down one night. I got accepted to go to UTI in Arizona um, without even putting in an application just because Mr. Ross talked to them mm-hmm. and he's like, I know the dude over there. He f- had like a, f- the guy over there, like recruiter, whatever you call him, had a FaceTime conversation with me and my parents. And he's like, you don't even have to fill out any paperwork. You could just show up when the semester starts, but school for a year and a half is $70,000. And I was like, Holy shit. Like that's a lot of money. And you know, my parents are like, we can't pay for that right now, you know, even with student loans and all that. And I remember my dad telling me, he's like, look at me, like, look at my body. You don't want to do that. Like, you know, and so like, okay, well, I can't follow that avenue of life that I've wanted per- to pursue for the last, you know, 10, 12 years of my life. Now, what the hell am I going to do? And so I was in this really awkward space where it's like, I want to be a vet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, don't know, like, if I do get into trade work, don't know what I want to do trade wise for the rest of my life. You know, and it's like, if I go to college, I just don't want to waste time and burn money just blowing through my generals trying to figure out what the hell I want to do. And so then my mom's like, well, what if you went on a mission? And I was like, hmm yeah you know like maybe i'll think about it it's like that'd give me two years you know to kind of think about things and i'd be doing something good you know i'd be on a mission and then 
So I was like, had to think about it, you know, and then I graduated. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll go on a mission. I have no plans. Filled out my mission papers and everything. Um, I kind of wish it would have taken them longer to give me my mission call because we graduated like the first of June and I got my mission call like the day we graduated (laughs) (laughs) and then I opened it up and it said I was leaving to go on my mission like July 13th yeah and I was like holy shit like I got like four weeks to prepare for this journey Mm. you know for two years and like I was super excited, you know, just and like I feel like it was kind of fifty fifty. Like I, I was excited to go, you know. I felt like it's what I wanted to do at the time, but then I had all these people, you know, like that's what was weird because I had all those people that were like super like Molly Mormon that I went to church with, and they're like, "You're going on a mission. That's so good for you. This is gonna be the greatest thing you've done in your entire life, and you're gonna bless so many people, and it's gonna bring you so many blessings." Which, like, don't get me wrong, it does. If you go out for the right reasons. And I remember I got out there in the MTC. Like it was cool. You know, like I felt the spirit a lot there. Like that's probably like the closest I've felt to like, you know, my heavenly father and Jesus and all that. It was a super cool experience. And then I got into the mission field and then I had like some other experiences. And I was like, dude, I do not want to be here anymore. I want to go home and I want to get in a trade and make money. I do not want to go knocking on people's doors and being like, come join the church, but only if you are a hundred percent perfect. perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized that. And then it's like, I told my mission president, like, yo dude, like I need to get out of here. He's like, why? I'm just not feeling it anymore. And he's like, Oh, all new missionaries have that feeling. Like just ride it out for a couple of weeks, stayed out for a couple more weeks. And then, so like our whole like district went to like the temple and did like baptisms for the dead. Mm. I remember I was like praying like in the temple, like what I should do and like just getting nothing. I was like, damn, like you're really going to do me like that? Like <laughs> I'm asking for help, you know? And like, I know like it's not just going to be like, you know, you say a prayer to like, Heavenly Father, I don't want to be here. What should I do? It's like, you need to stay here or you need to go home. It's not going to be instant. And so I remember I was like going home and just like reading the scriptures. Like, cause we, you have like an hour of scripture study every morning. And I remember just reading the scriptures and I was like, I know like what these words, like I feel in my heart that like all this stuff I'm reading in the Book of Mormon is like true, you know, like I feel that. But it's like, I have no desire to be out here. Our alarms would go off. You're supposed to exercise for an hour every day, like morning or night. We decide we we're going to exercise in the morning before we'd start our day. Our alarms would go off at like 645. And I remember just laying in bed like, dude, do not wake me up. Like, I'm just, I'll get up when I get up. It might be 830. It might be 12. Like, just leave me the hell alone. And my companion, as soon as that alarm went off, pops out of bed. Elder Lassen, come on, we got to go to the gym. It's like, dude, no, I am going home. And I remember, like, coming home, dude, I was so scared. I remember my parents picked me up from the airport. And, like, I didn't see them, like, when I got off the airplane. Because there was, like, 
You know, it's the Idaho Falls Airport. There's always people there picking up missionaries. So there's like three or four other families there, and they all had signs just like, Welcome home, elder so and so, sister so and so. I remember I came down the escalator and I was in like, you know, still like my church clothes. And everybody's like, Yeah, we like cheering for me. They're like, Yeah, They're like, where'd you go? Like, oh, I went to Houston, Texas. Like, oh, good for you. Blah, blah, blah. And I didn't see my family. So I just walked right into the baggage claim. And everybody's like, Oh my gosh, like nobody's here to pick him up. Like, you know, that's so sad. And like, then my parents were like, What the hell? Like, we're standing right there. I was like, Oh, I didn't even see you. And like, my mom, like, you know of course my mom was happy to see me and like my sisters were but it's like the whole car ride home i was trying to tell them like you know some of like the cool stories i had while i was out there and everything and like some of the stuff i experienced and felt with like the spirit and all that it's just like probably the most awkward car ride i've ever taken in my entire life everybody there was just silent and it's like yo like all right cool and then i remember i snapchatted you you were doing grain harvest i was like yo dude what's up and you're like just in a grain car I was like can i come ride with you and you were like where are you i was like dude i'm at my house like i came home we we're like oh no way first thing i did when i got home go jump in a tractor with you pulling a grain cart threw in a fat dip of copenhagen <laughs> mint that was probably the best i've ever felt in my entire life where it's like dude this is me like this is how i want to live my life this is normal to me and i don't feel bad for doing it like it probably sounds crazy to people i do not feel bad for having this tobacco that's gonna make me go to hell in my lip you no know? and it was awesome when i remember when you snapchatted me and you're like i'm home let's let's hang out and i was like hell yeah dude yeah. come around a tractor with me this is awesome i don't give a shit that you didn't stay out on your mission do what you want to do come hang out it's gonna be fun yeah, yeah, that was cool. I remember that. It was just like having that real world experience, you know, like it was just, I don't know. It's for some people and then it's not for others. Like, yeah. And I feel like a lot of kids these days are definitely get pressured into it. And then they come home and they either go one of two ways. They, well, I'd say probably one of three ways, honestly. Is that there's the kids where it's like, yes, I want to go on a mission. I want to go <laughs> spread the word of God, you know, to people and show people how cool this religion can be in the right circumstances. And then they come home, they're like, I loved my mission, you know, and like, I love going to church. I love this religion, which like, don't get me wrong. I love the Mormon religion. I honestly really do. And then there's the kids that come home and they're like, I just went on a mission because my dad said he'd buy me a new truck when I got back. Yep. I can't tell you how many kids yeah. I've heard say that. And then they're like, yeah, I got this bitching truck and like I just have to go to church every once in a while so daddy will keep making my payments. Yep. And then it's like the kids where it's like, I went out there because I was forced to and then they come back and they're like, yo, when are we getting fucked up? Where's the party at? Where's the bitches or at? kids that get high and drunk on their mission. Yeah. Like, dude, if you're doing that, just come home. Just come home. Exactly. Yeah, that's a joke. And, like, I feel like the kids, it's the kids that are doing that. It's those kids that are super pressured into going. Yeah, 100%. Because they don't like, want to be there. No. 
And they're like, I'm away from my family for two years. Like, as long as my companion's cool with it, we can do whatever the heck we want. I remember there was, my mission president was telling us there was a set of companions before, like, my group of missionaries came out. Where, because you get money from the church, you know, like tithing and all that. Yeah. Helps you buy groceries, whatever. They went out and bought, like, a 56-inch flat screen TV and, like, an Xbox, and they would just go play, like, Call of Duty all day. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was <laughs> having a hard time finding investigators, you know. There's nobody around here wants to listen to us. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll try harder next week. All right, dude, my KD's 3.0, you know. Like, I'm <laughs> killing the game right now. And it's like, why not just go, like, put your time that you're wasting while you're out there into something productive? Yeah. That's the way I looked at it. and. I don't know. It's just super, super crazy how growing up in that religion, how easy you can be like manipulated and doing things that you don't want to do, which is like, I'm to the point now where it's like, if I go to the bar on a Saturday night and I get shit faced and I see people, you know, or like I'm out living my life floating the river and I'm drinking a beer, you know, or I go on a dirt bike ride. I see people hiking or riding mountain bikes, dirt biking too, you know, whatever. They see me and my buddies drinking a beer when we get back to the truck, and they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, what is he doing drinking a beer? Like, I am living, bro. That's the cool thing about all this, though, is just, I like, I'm only 22. And from what I've been through um, or what I've seen, I guess, religiously, politically um shit in my family i know enough about the real world right now i feel like to make my own opinion based on how i feel and what i perceive to be the actual facts and once i make that opinion unless it's I change that opinion based on something organic or, you know, whatever. I just feel like it's, it is impossible for people to like brainwash me or to convince me of something just like, like indo- indoctrination or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I, that's impossible for me. Honestly, I have to make the decision to change my mind about something at this point. Yeah. No one is going to brainwash or, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I like, I I know, I know what I know. I've made my own opinions based on the facts and that's, that's my opinion. It's not going to change just based on someone telling me something. Yeah. And that's one good thing that I've, that's have, has come out of like what my experience in life so far has been. I know who I am. And what I know and what I believe and that's going to change throughout life, but it's going to be based on my own feelings and understandings on things Mm -hmm. instead of just people telling me stuff. And that's what I think a lot of young people don't have is they'll just believe anything people tell them. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's why, like, I think it's cool, like being like i say like grown up but like i'm still you know 22 like people still look at me like a kid but it's like the way i see things like you know same way as you it's like i'm making these decisions right now that like you know they might affect me on later down the road 
They might not. But it's like, I'm doing things the way that I want to live in my life the way I want to. And I'm happy. That's the main thing is you shouldn't have to sacrifice your happiness to be in a certain group. You know, you shouldn't have to be miserable and go to church every weekend just so people think that you're, you know, a quality person. And it's like, it's one of the things I realized when I got off my mission where it's like, dude, there's people out here where they can have not spent a single day of their life inside a chapel. And they're so far better than I am, you know, where it's like, yeah, I do shit that the church doesn't approve of, but I'm happy, you know, like I'm having a good time. It's like, I, and at least in my eyes, it's like, I don't think I'm going to get judged when I die. I don't think I'm going to get judged on how many times I went to church. You know, that's not, you went to church X amount of times. Here's, you know, a hundred gold stars, but then you drank, you know, so many beers in your life. So I'm going to take some of those gold stars away. I think it's going to be more like you did, you know, you live life to the fullest. You helped people when you could, you know, and like, you know, treated people with respect and kindness, you know, you were as good of a person as you could have been. Welcome to heaven, you know? And I don't know that everybody has their own opinion on things. And I feel like everybody needs to live their life the way that they want to. And don't be douchebags. <laughs> That's the main. Don't hate people because they don't go to church. Because they are different. Exactly. That's what's cool. Everybody's different. And everybody has their own opinion on everything. And everybody, no matter what your relationship with God is, if you have a relationship with God that you feel in your heart is a good relationship, you know, good for you. You're doing, you're on the right path in my mind, you know. If you go out to the bar and you're like, damn, like, I'm getting here, or I'm here, you know, drinking beer, but then it's like, then you go home, and you're like, I went to the bar tonight, I had a little bit too much to drink, like, God hates me. You probably need to do some internal reflecting and figure out who you are and what you want to do, because the second you do that and you realize that, like, you can live your life and be happy and still have a good relationship with God, you're going to be so much better off than everybody else. And on that note, should we wrap this up? Yeah, I think we have, we should. I mean, it's almost been two hours. Yeah. It's been a, been a good one. Yeah, it has. Um, so I'll try to record some more of these a little more often. And uh, hopefully we can get the audio, audio, <laughs> audio, the audio. Hopefully we can get the audio figured out. Yeah. Um. I have an Instagram page for beers in the garage. I just haven't done anything with it. Um. Maybe we'll post a picture of our setup here. Yeah. I'm gonna try and uh, like promote it on like my Instagram page, which like I mean, if you think it's cool, it's cool. Whatever. I'm just doing this to have fun. I really don't give a shit if people Yee. think it's cool or whatever. But we'll probably 
do like an Instagram poll where it's like, what do you want us to talk about? What would you guys find interesting? You know, because we're just drinking beer, talking mainly what we're doing. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, sorry in advance if we can't get the audio figured out. <laughs> yeah, if we can't and get it. Sorry for last episode. If we can't get it figured out, just bear with us. Um, we're trying to figure shit out as we go. Probably not the best approach, but we don't really care. But hey, <laughs> it's working. We're different. We're having fun. We're living life. Not giving a shit. See you next time. See you on the next episode. Bye, everybody.